2: That's Science VS. New season
1: out on Spotify soon.
4: A warning. This episode features dramatizations and discussions of violence and sexual situations. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Ponca traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. (laughs) The young man couldn't believe his luck. Just an hour earlier, he'd been hunting rabbits in the cold, and now he lay naked between two beautiful young women, sisters by a crackling fire. His bow and arrow lay beside the entryway, momentarily forgotten. He'd been surprised to encounter the enchanting young woman out on the unforgiving plains, and had only grown more dubious when she suggested they return to her teepee for a feast. But now here they were, lying naked and entwined amid a pile of furs. The air dripped with sexual tension in anticipation of what would come next. The woman who he'd encountered in the woods was pale, with eyes as blue as water. A demure smile played about her lips as she leaned in to whisper in his ear.
2: You are a strong man, a fierce man. I desire you. Do you desire me?
4: The young man was thrown by her forwardness. He attempted to stammer out a response, but all he could do was nod in agreement. He was so enamored with the elder girl that he did not notice the younger one's terrified expression. Her honey-brown eyes watched with dread as the young man mounted her sister, his face eager and hopeful as his hips began to undulate. But soon, his gasps of pleasure became screams of pain. The elder sister watched with excited glee as the young man writhed in pain on top of her. He tried to dismount, but something held his hips against hers. The younger sister watched with a melancholy gaze, but made no move to interfere. As blood splattered the young man's groin, she knew that it was too late to help him. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at Parcast Network. Today, we're exploring the colorful story, Vagina Dentata, a Ponca tribe tale about two sisters with an unusual second set of teeth. In our story, the Native American cultural hero and trickster, Coyote, happens upon these young women and finds himself drawn to their lethal sexual exploits. Though his name changes from tribe to tribe, the character of Coyote appears in many Native American storytelling traditions. To the Navajo, he's known as the Ma'i, to the Kiowa, he is Senday. Eastern tribes call him the Great Hare, while the Pacific Northwest knows him as the Raven. But to the Ponca tribes of Nebraska, he's always been Coyote. While some tribes see Coyote as a cultural hero imbued with wisdom, he's predominantly depicted as a trickster god who's as lecherous as he is cunning and lazy as he is charming. Coyote's physical appearance is as fluid as his personality, taking whatever form suits him best at the moment. At times he becomes an old man, but in other tales he's young and sprightly. In still others, he's a ferocious animal. Whatever shape he takes, Coyote is notoriously hardy and is sometimes shown to be nearly indestructible. This is fortunate because his recklessness often leads him into precarious situations. No matter how close he comes to death, he always finds a way back through stubbornness and luck. He's often compared to famed tricksters from other cultures, such as the Norse god Loki or Anansi the spider trickster of West African lore. As with those figures, Coyote's errors serve as an example to warn audiences away from making similar mistakes. By seeing the foolishness of Coyote's choices, we can avoid those same roadblocks in our own lives. For the Ponca, Coyote's reckless behavior and legendarily insatiable sex drive made for an early form of sex education. His stories informed the young about the potential dangers of intercourse, clarifying what does and doesn't constitute safe and appropriate behavior. For when it comes to sex, there's never been a cautionary tale as terrifying as the vagina dentata. Inside the chest cavity of a great, fearsome beast, an enormous heart pulsed over a fire. Vast arteries stretched to the ceiling of the beast's chest, which expanded and shrunk with each breath. Coyote stood by the fire, watching the giant heart's rhythmic beating. He was a handsome man with shrewd, cunning eyes and a cocky grin. Behind him, three terrified men huddled together against the edge of the firelight. Coyote drew a knife and raised it to the giant organ. He took aim and plunged the blade into the aorta. The knife ripped through the flesh, severing the heart from the chest cavity and dropping it into the flames below. As the fire blazed, an enormous gust of wind surged through the cavern. It lifted Coyote and the other men and flung them up through the beast's throat. One by one, they were ejected from the monster's mouth and tossed onto the wintry Nebraska plain. The beast that they'd just been inside was a scaly, dragon-like being. But where it might have been imposing in life, it was pitiful in death. It withered and collapsed before their eyes. Coyote stood and dusted himself off. He nodded to the men and stifled a yawn.
5: <sighs> there, you were free. You could thank me in the tales you tell of my heroics.
4: But as Coyote said this, he failed to feel the rush of pride he'd expected, After so many great deeds, even heroics had become routine. He eyed the monster corpse with annoyance. Later that evening, Coyote sat around the fire as the tribe gathered for their meal. Food was passed out as a storyteller stepped forward, her arms raised.
2: Far away, but perhaps closer than we might like, lived an old woman with her two beautiful daughters. Their home was on an island in the center of a great lake. Young men, travelers, hunters, and the like that happened upon this little family would find warmth by their hearth, food in their belly, more drink than they could want or need,
4: and sensual soft bodies to warm their beds. Coyote looked up from his brew. His interest piqued. It had been some time since he'd shared his bed with anyone, longer than he would have liked to admit. But these
2: daughters, these beautiful creatures, were not all that they appeared. For between their legs, the hungriest of monsters lurked, ready to consume anyone or anything that dared enter its jaws.
4: Coyote listened, spellbound by the storyteller's words. He'd had many sexual encounters with women and she-beasts alike, but never had he felt the danger, no, the thrill one might receive from ravenous genitalia. And now that he'd heard about it, he found himself suddenly desperate to know more. He leaned forward.
5: Who are these women? Where would one find them? (laughs) Find them? You should hope
2: they never find you. All men who encounter these evil creatures are killed,
5: or worse. I shall consider your warning. Now tell me, where do I find such women?
2: I do not know, my child. It is said that they wander the plains, searching for men to prey on. (sighs) Whew. Should you be so unlucky as to see them, you should run in the other direction.
4: Coyote smiled. The fearful faces of the others around the fire merely goaded him on further. This was exactly what he needed. Something fresh, different, an adventure unlike any other. He would find these women and he would see for himself just how perilous their second set of teeth really were. Coyote set out the next morning, taking only his bow and arrow and a side satchel. He did not need much to charm women. He could change his form at will. He could be whatever they wanted him to be. After a few hours of walking, Coyote grew bored and frustrated. He was slowly realizing that finding the women might be harder than he thought. He did not know where to start, and he'd once again let his impulses guide him. He saw a small cave entrance up ahead and decided to take refuge for a moment while he deliberated what to do next. But as he neared the cave, his mood only darkened. He'd thought he had smelled an adventure, but he'd been wrong. He hated being wrong. In a fit of anger, he kicked the side of the cave's opening. Ah. But as soon as his foot hit its mark, he realized his mistake. A precarious pile of rocks teetered above the cave's entrance. Coyote's mere kick was enough to send them tumbling down toward him. He raised his arms as rocks pelted him, but too late. One of the larger boulders smashed against his head, and everything went dark. Coyote did not know how much time had passed when his eyes finally opened, but he did know that he was glad they had. Leaning over him was a beautiful woman with long, dark hair and honey eyes. She looked alarmed to see Coyote awake and dropped the snow-covered rag she'd been using to tend to the wound on his forehead.
5: Are you who I have been seeking?
4: Do not follow me. You will not like what you find. Coyote sat up in alarm as the young woman sprinted fearfully from the cave. He struggled to his feet. Instead of instilling him with terror... Her words had only excited him. He wondered with glee what danger might lie ahead. With a cocky gait, he ran from the cave in pursuit of his prize. Coming up, the thrill-seeking coyote finds the danger he's been looking for.
0: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness.
4: The sexually ravenous Coyote had set out on a journey after hearing a story about two beautiful women with teeth in their vaginas. He'd never experienced such a thing before and was determined to find out if the tales were true. After happening upon a beautiful young woman in the woods, Coyote hoped that she might be one of the women from the tale. But when he tried to broach the topic, she ran. Coyote was fast, but the young woman was faster. He failed to catch up to her as she wove between trees and hopped over rock clusters. Soon, she crested a small hill and was about to disappear from view. Coyote's eyes widened. He couldn't lose her.
5: Stop! Why do you run from me? I
1: told you! Do not!
4: And with that, she disappeared from view over the top of the hill. He hurried after her, in agony that he might have lost her. Once he reached the summit, he looked down the steep slope to see a lake in the cradle of the mountains. A small island sat in its center. And on the island, an enormous teepee was erected, smoke billowed from its point. Coyote grinned. This was the place the storyteller had spoken of. He'd found it. Well, of course he had. He was Coyote, after all. Coyote didn't hesitate before gracelessly heading down the side of the mountain. He fell and rolled a few feet before jumping back up. He dusted himself off and continued downhill at a stunted gait. Finally, he reached the water's edge. As he gazed across the lake at the teepee, he began to grow anxious. For all his talents, he was not a strong swimmer. Then, before his eyes, the stones from the bottom of the lake rose to the surface, taking the shape of a crude bridge. Coyote grinned, bending down to pick up one of the magical stones. It was about the size of his hand and very smooth, with a variety of cool hues. Coyote dropped it into his satchel, then ambled eagerly across the bridge. As he neared the teepee, the flap opened and an older woman emerged. She had a pleasant face, lined with age and icy blue eyes. Coyote slowed, sensing something unnatural. Hello, young traveler. How fare you?
5: I fare well. I saw a young woman headed this way. Have you seen her?
3: You may have seen one of my daughters. I am blessed with two.
4: Would you like to come in and meet them? I
5: suppose I would.
4: The old woman held back the flap, gesturing for Coyote to enter. He flashed his usual cocky grin and obeyed. Even if the tales of the vagina dentata were not true, he'd do well to impress this mother's two lovely daughters. Inside, the teepee's walls were adorned with countless weapons. Tomahawks, spears, clubs, arrows, quivers, and bows were all illuminated by a roaring fire at its center. A large rug was laid out on the floor, covered with platters of food. The two sisters stood by the fire, watching Coyote. The younger girl's face was ashen with worry. She anxiously ran her fingers through her hair. But the elder sister's sharp blue eyes sparkled with excitement in the firelight. Her mouth twisted into a knowing smile as she looked Coyote up and down.
2: Mother, what do we have here? We were
3: not expecting company
2: this far into the wilderness.
3: A young traveler in need of food and drink. Daughters, tend to your guest.
4: The sisters sprang into action. They took Coyote's arms and guided him to the rug. There they filled his plate with meat and his cup with fermented berries. The mother took a seat across the rug.
3: You are so young and strong. If I had no one as handsome as you in my youth. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Such kind words And such a feast
3: Please enjoy yourself I can tell you are a kind person I'm pleased to have you here Perhaps one of my daughters Finds you kind as well I would find it peculiar If one
2: as handsome as you Was also large hearted (laughs) I usually find it is one or the other Handsome or kind Strong or smart
5: I assure you, it is possible to be both.
4: <laughs> the mother winked at her daughters. The elder chuckled coyly, but the younger kept her eyes on her plate, not saying a word. Coyote stared at her curiously. Is something the matter?
3: Do not mind my youngest. She is shy.
4: Coyote eyed her as he tore at some meat with his teeth. He was enjoying himself quite a bit, but somehow, he felt disappointed. He'd expected to be attacked the moment he stepped into the tent, but these women had shown him such hospitality, and the young sisters were stunning. It seemed unlikely that they could be the same ravenous creatures from the story. More likely, they had merely been victims of unwarranted gossip. Certainly, if there was any truth to the stories, the women would have tried to overcome him by now. Coyote saw no harm in telling these women why he was there.
5: I do admit, it was not just chance that drew me here. It was tales of lovely women with. curious anatomy. I know of such a tale.
3: <laughs> to think that anyone would believe such rubbish. Anatomy? You have
2: interest in such things?
5: Oh, yes. I have to say, I was intrigued beyond all measure.
2: I am afraid there is nothing curious here.
4: I hope we do not disappoint you. The elder pouted slightly, which drew a chuckle from Coyote.
5: (laughs) Someone with looks like yours could never be a disappointment.
4: Some time later, Coyote sat back in his seat His belly was round with food, and his eyes were beginning to struggle to stay open. He tried to shake off the fatigue, but soon he felt a longing to lay by the fire and close his eyes. Coyote smiled at the women lecherously, imagining their nude bodies curled around him under a pile of furs.
5: I have eaten more than my fill. I could depart... My journey may be easier with the clear mind that a good night's sleep provides.
3: Of course. You must spend
2: the night with us. We would not have it any other way. Is that not right,
5: sister?
1: Yes. Please do stay.
5: Your insistence flatters me. I thank you for your hospitality, but where
4: shall I sleep? Coyote said this with a gleam in his eye. This had not been the fascinating adventure he'd hoped, but the promise of satisfying his sexual appetite with these two lovely creatures was still something he desired. The mother stood and nodded to a doorway on the other side of the teepee.
3: My daughter's room is through there. I'm sure they do not mind sharing what is theirs. We do not mind at all. Not at all. Go settle into your bed. "'My daughters and I shall
4: clean up.'" Without another thought, Coyote eagerly strode from the room and into the bedchamber. As soon as he was gone, the mother grabbed the younger sister's chin roughly.
3: "'Your guilt is all over your face, child. "'Why did you lead him here if not for him to share your bed?'
1: "'I only did what you told me to do. "'I went out into the plains and found a young man to bring home.'" does not mean that i wanted him to succeed in following me i ran very fast
4: the elder sister suddenly slapped the younger across the face (laughs) you admit to sabotage
3: after all mother has done for you children please elder daughter it does not matter what reticence was in her heart she has done well in bringing us food tonight now let us tidy so you can join him
4: The older woman gathered the cleaned bones from the table and handed them to her daughters. The elder lifted up her skirt and slowly placed a bone between her legs. One by one, the two daughters repeated the action until all the bones were gone. The mother moved about the teepee, placing boards over the window gaps and in front of the door. Soon, all the exits were closed off. Then she looked about the space, searching for something.
1: Where did his weapons go? I do not know. They were just here. He took them with him into the bedchamber.
4: The mother and the elder daughter turned to look at the younger sister. For the first time since Coyote had wandered in, they looked nervous. The mother strode over to the wall. She selected a spear and lifted it from its fixture, Then she pulled a chair from the table over to the bedroom door and took a seat.
3: Watch him closely, both of you. I will be here to finish him if you cannot.
2: Isn't it too dangerous if we wait? I will not wait, sister. It has been a long time since we had a man like that in. He accepted our hospitality. He sleeps in our bed. He satisfied his appetite.
4: Now, we will satisfy ours. Coming up, Coyote comes face to face with the lethal anatomy of the two beautiful sisters. Now, the conclusion to the story. Coyote had journeyed through wintry plains in search of the mysterious women with teeth in their genitalia, But after arriving at the home of an older woman and her two beautiful daughters, he sensed nothing peculiar afoot. He settled down amongst a pile of furs before a roaring fire. His bow and arrow were next to him. Even though he had no idea that he had indeed stumbled upon the very danger he sought, he always liked to keep his weapons at hand. The fire roared as Coyote snuggled deeper into the firs. He looked toward the door, eagerly awaiting the arrival of the two beautiful sisters. He was not disappointed. The sisters appeared, fully naked, and slowly walked toward Coyote, their eyes grazed over the bow and arrow, so close to his hands. But he did not notice or care where their attentions lay. His mouth fell open as he took in their gorgeous forms, but his vision was quickly obscured as they were soon concealed amid the furs.
5: A fellow body is certainly good for warmth, and two, oh, I am in heaven.
2: Shh, let us sleep.
5: Oh, you do not want to do something a little more invigorating?
2: (sighs) We are so tired, and you need your strength for tomorrow. Let us lay down to
4: rest. Disappointed, Coyote lay his head back. This wasn't what he'd expected at all. As time passed, the elder sister drifted off to sleep. Coyote stared at the ceiling, seething with frustration. But as light snores filled the air, he felt a nudge at his elbow— He turned and looked into the dark eyes of the younger sister. Her face was full of urgency.
1: When my sister awakens, she will ask you for sex. You must refuse.
4: (laughs) Why would I refuse such a request?
1: Because of what lurks between her legs and between mine. Our bodies are built for pain, not for pleasure.
5: So it is true. You are the sisters from the legend, the witches who maim any man that dares lay with you.
1: You are not like the others. Most men either do not believe me or they become frozen with fear.
4: (sighs) She wakes. The younger sister lay back down and closed her eyes tightly, fearful of what she knew would happen next. But despite the younger sister's words, Coyote was immensely intrigued. He felt that he had to see things through, if for no other reason than to be able to brag that he had braved the vagina dentata and lived to tell the tale. When the elder sister finally turned to him, he was delirious with lust. You are a strong
2: man, a fierce man. I desire you. Do you desire
5: me? Never have I desired anything more.
4: Show me. Coyote considered his move. If he entered her for just a moment and withdrew before her jaws snapped shut, he might escape in one piece. It was incredibly risky, but that only made Coyote want to try it even more. Ever so gently, Coyote moved atop the elder sister and slowly guided himself inside of her. As soon as he was inside, he felt the elder sister tense and something within her move. On instinct, Coyote jumped back. Sharp teeth snapped shut, narrowly missing Coyote's penis. His heart thundered. Sweat peppered his brow as he sat back, his pleasure turning to fear. He was Coyote, an invincible hero, but he could still be dismembered, and the threat of losing that which he revered the most sent dread into his heart. It struck him then that perhaps this had not been such a good idea. The elder cast an anxious look at her younger sister. The three of them sat there, unsure of what to say, No man had ever escaped the jaws of the vagina dentata once he was in its clutches, and the elder's confidence was thrown. She decided to play dumb. Why do
2: you recoil from me? Have I done something to offend you?
5: Oh, no, nothing. I am just more tired than I realized.
4: Coyote thought carefully about how to proceed. Perhaps he would give her what she wanted or at least appear to. His eyes shifted to his bow and arrow, and then to his satchel, which lay beside them. He thought carefully before his lips turned upwards in a smile. He had a plan. He grinned at the elder sister, his charm oozing.
5: Please, lay back and relax. I just wish to move slowly, that's all. Close your eyes.
2: (sighs) Anything you wish. I am yours.
4: As the elder sister lay back and closed her eyes, Coyote looked at the younger sister, trying to get her attention. He wasn't sure he could trust her, but he had no other choice. He nodded to his satchel. She followed his gaze and slowly moved toward the satchel. Mm. Come here. Come to me.
5: Be patient.
4: Coyote gently massaged her body as the younger sister quietly rummaged around in his satchel. Finally, she produced the rock he had collected before crossing the lake. She held it up in question. Coyote nodded and reached out for it. Once it was safely in his hand, he slowly reached over to press it into the elder sister's vagina. Eyes still closed... The elder sister smiled.
2: There you are, smooth and
4: strong, like you said.
5: I did tell you.
4: The sound of shattering teeth filled the teepee. The elder sister's eyes shot open, and she sat up in a panic to look between her legs. Where powerful teeth once lined the inside of her vagina... There were now just fragments of bone. You, you will pay. The elder lunged for Coyote, slashing at him with her nails. Her mouth snapped at his throat with lethal violence. She didn't just wish to maim, she needed to kill. Coyote scrambled back, reaching for his bow Moving with impossible speed, he notched and loosed a single arrow. It flew between the elder sister's legs and pierced her heart. She tumbled to the ground, dead. The younger sister stared in shock. Coyote rose to leave, and she held up a hand. You cannot leave. The witch sits outside.
5: Witch? I thought she was your mother.
1: She is not my mother nor is that my sister i was kidnapped forced to inhabit this teepee and my sex was replaced with those same monstrous jaws you shattered she took what was mine what was sacred to me
4: and she made it ugly and monstrous coyote puffed up with purpose until now he'd been driven purely by his sexual appetite But as he looked at this young woman in all her tragedy, he realized that he had to help her. Brazenly, he strode out of the room, ready to face the old woman. The moment he stepped through the flap, the blunt end of the mother's spear cracked against his skull. He staggered forward and fell to the ground with a thud. Coyote's vision blurred as he looked up at the mother. She stood over him, her expression livid. But it wasn't her face that caught Coyote's attention. It was the view up her skirt. She, too, had a set of long-toothed jaws between her legs. They gleamed in the firelight as she stared down at him, her upper lip curled in fury. She opened her mouth to speak when the younger sister slammed Coyote's rock into the mother's head. Her skull split like a melon and she dropped to the ground. She did not move again. The younger sister stood over her, appalled at what she'd done. But then, very slowly, she smiled. Coyote stood, steadying himself.
5: Come, let us leave this place. I have a teepee not too far from here, close to a village. We shall marry. You will never again have to worry about witches and the evil things they do. I shall protect you forever.
1: You wish to marry me?
5: Of course. Why not?
1: The witch and her daughter might be dead, but what they've done to me is not. We cannot wait together as a man and wife. It would be too dangerous.
4: The younger sister looked down toward the lethal teeth between her legs. Coyote looked thoughtful. Once again, he had a plan. Coyote led the younger sister through the wintry plains, collecting armfuls of sage as he went. The younger sister looked upon him, wondering what it was for, but said nothing. Finally, they arrived at Coyote's teepee. He carefully made a bed of sage and gently laid the younger sister down upon it. He smiled at her, satisfied. The sage would purify the evil that the witch had done to her. Slowly, he took out the smooth rock and held it up. The younger sister's eyes flashed with fear, but she nodded. He opened her legs and brought the rock down hard between them. (coughs) Coyote repeated his movements, smashing at the teeth that tormented the younger sister. Finally, only one blunted tooth remained. He raised the rock up once more, but stopped The younger sister looked at him with curiosity.
5: What stills your hand? Might it not feel thrilling to have at least one remain?
4: Coyote smiled at the thought. The younger sister, finally freed of the violence that lurked between her legs, pulled him onto her. As the lone tooth brushed against him, Coyote wondered why anyone might have feared the jaws of the vagina dentata. The tale of Coyote and the Vagina Dentata is full of rich symbolism, revealing much about Native American traditions. The sisters' separation from society, for instance, reflects the custom of women secluding themselves during periods of menstruation, Since men did not participate or interact with women at all during this time, the tradition likely contributed to a culture of mystery around women and their bodies. The concept of the vagina dentata is not exclusive to Native American mythologies, but features in myths and folktales from around the world. Because female sex organs are mainly located within the body, a heightened level of mystery surrounding their genitals is not uncommon. In Coyote's case, it's a mystery so alluring that he risks castration in order to discover its secrets. Some versions of the story even go so far as to identify Coyote's encounter with the vagina dentata as the origin of pleasurable sexual intercourse, further equating sex with danger and mystery. The fact that the story literally weaponizes the female body by turning it into a man-eating monster can be read either as empowering or problematic. The perspectives of the sisters adds further complications. One happily feeds on men, while the other recognizes her body as evil and wishes it were not so. Regardless of their intentions, it is the man that must be cautious." It's fitting that the renowned trickster Coyote must reach a certain level of maturity before he's able to successfully make love. At first, he's driven purely by the thrill of danger and dominance. But once he starts seeing the younger sister as a person, rather than a prospective conquest, he's able to be with her. But by keeping the last tooth, Coyote demonstrates that he never truly learns his lesson and that as far as he's concerned, there's no fun without a little danger. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on Vagina Dentata, amongst the many sources we used, we found The Handbook of Native American Mythology by Don E. Bastion and Judy K. Mitchell, extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Mythology, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, Orally and unadulterated, traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children. And every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Freddie Beckley, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Renee Brown, Tiana Camacho, and Joe Hernandez. I'm Vanessa Richardson.